What's up? What's up? What's up? You are at the right place. Pot Smoking Moms podcast. I'm Sunny D along with my homegirl, Captain J. Hola. This is a podcast about pot smoking and moms. Pretty self-explanatory in the title. Uh, We're glad you can make it today. If you like the show, please rate us. Subscribe, share, share all of our stuff. Be friends with us on social medias. Uh, We got a real easy website. It's potsmokingmoms.com. All of our things are there. Even like anything, you know, any events or anything we have planned coming up, please go to our website. Uh, Please also don't worry about the screen in the background. Oh, my God. I'm sorry if you guys can hear that. (laughs) Um, Right now. It's Saturday night that we're recording, and the Canes are playing FSU. Mm-hmm. It's always a big game every year. We always hope that we're going to whoop their ass, and apparently we must be because my yeah, husband must is be. screaming a pure joy out there. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, what are you smoking, girl? Uh, I have a little J here of some Mac 1 from One Plant. Cool. Uh, I have like a mishmash of my stuff. <laughs> so if you guys got them when you're listening... We uh we hope uh, you spark it up with us. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that's pretty tasty. So we got we got actually an interesting um interview coming up for you guys. You know, last last podcast we talked to Chris Sunshine and he is part of the board for Regulate Florida. We talked about his petition and um free the plant but um as it turns out that only frees the plant to a certain extent uh we have for floridians for freedom on the show they have a different petition but uh we get a chance to talk to jody james from the cannabis florida cannabis action uh network we speak to her and then we talk to the treasurer for floridians for freedom as well carolyn rees carpel uh, she's on the show as well. And man, it was such good information. If you're really interested in putting forward the energy and making a change. Doing local activism here in the state of yeah, Florida. Yeah, doing local activism. These two Florida ladies can. are just so nice, so full of wonderful information. And they're really trying to make a difference. And please stay tuned for their interview yeah, later. Very wonderful interview. Um, we got good news, guys. I think it's been a pretty good week and for Britney Spears. Yeah, it was just announced. It's official. Britney update, guys. So, but what did you, fi- but what happened? Because you told me and it I was, was terminated. like, hey, good for her. So what? She went back to f- in front of the judge and the judge was like, forget yeah, that Yeah, they're shit. like, okay, as of today, the conservatorship of the person and the estate is terminated. That's it. So now she can make her own doctor's appointment. She so can she do didn't even have thing. to she have a whole life. She didn't have to have a whole trial or anything. They just were like no. revisited and they no. were like, you're good to go. Yeah, she got out after 13 wow. years. It took it took uh, her it, finally it, it, speaking up about it. It just kind of blows my mind, right? Like, I would feel, I mean, God, if I were her, I'd be like, damn. Liberated. Why did I wait so long for that shit to come out and say that she shit? she didn't think anybody would believe her. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it really and because of those mega fans that were like so persistent that something's going on with Britney. I know like the, the real fans, the people that really follow her yeah. are the ones that really started that movement because they noticed the change that something was going not right. Right. And the, everybody's like, oh, it's conspiracy theories. And she didn't think anybody would believe her. Yeah. And and you and later on, we heard 
recordings of her calling the court and saying, I want out of this thing. It's abusive and nothing yeah. happening. So she thought no one's going to believe her. Right. So really like, it's crazy. I think that movement really helped her get out of this. You know, hey, it could be little things like that. I mean, it the, wasn't the, little. The, it was it being all over the media up, and, right. and these documentaries coming out about it. It yeah. just like really helped shed light on that. Blew the lid open on it. Oh my God. But just like God, uh, just like so many people super that are fans being abused this way who are also break cases like they, you know, they're the ones who, you know, solve uh, the Gabby other, Petito other. case was basically helps was solved because of the internet because somebody realized I was in that area and they were other content <coughs> makers for the internet and they record everything they do right. and they were passing by and they got video footage of the van there and because they had that video footage and they were able to give that to the police they concentrated more in a certain area and they were able yeah. to find her body yeah it's nuts isn't that crazy Hey man, but every that goes to show you that you have the even if you don't think you have the power to do something, you do. You seek it out. Like there's more people out there willing to fight for your cause. I think sometimes it's a matter of starting something. But that's amazing. I'm so happy for Brittany. Yeah, let's see. Let's see how her life changes. I know yeah. people are going to be watching closely now. I uh, hope she doesn't. I hope everything goes well. Yeah, and then I hope she, doesn't she doesn't get doesn't. over overwhelmed with media yeah, like again, again and, and all that stuff we'll see <clears throat> also we're all rooting for her i know she's an icon <laughs> and she just wants to like be normal she just wants to live her life dude yeah it's my life and it's now or never um this shit's crazy yeah not so not so great is the whole Astro world the travis scott concert and all i can't the believe shit, the tragedies that, that are coming that out happened. of that happened you know, the more and more I see stories about it, I'm like, I feel like uh, TikTok blew up about it um, immediately after it happened. It was all over TikTok. Well, I think like at least it was appearing on our for you page a lot for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. I was. Yeah, I, I saw that, too. But I, I it's just so crazy to me. That's how I first heard about it. <coughs> I saw first one creator talk about it and I and I told my husband, I was like, oh, my God, like eight people died at a Travis Scott concert. How the hell does that happen? And uh, then I started seeing more and more stories. And some were a lot of stories of people that were there. They were sharing actual footage of, of stuff that they recorded. Some was uh, one story I saw was an actual medic that worked there. Oh, and really? He was saying that they had some of the best medic staff there. But it was just too many too chaotic, people. too many people. And yeah, I really honestly feel that the artist has such a huge responsibility when it comes to controlling the audience. I mean, it's yes, you know, you can argue that, and and I will argue for the artist in the sense that, like, look, when you are performing, you are not hundred percent aware of everything that's happening because you're solely focused on your performance and you're trying to like do the show. But, but a big part of but music I feel, performance, you're connecting with the crowd I too. feel like you are, you are, and it is your civic and moral responsibility. It just it, it is just keep your responsibility, safe. period, to keep it safe. And that means, you know, not 
getting violent and because when you're an artist Mosh you have are power okay, but don't let it get out of control well listen There's and i'll also so argue against at- the mosh pits because back in the day when i used to go when we used to fucking while out at concerts okay and i and i we were having this conversation before we started recording i used to fucking crowd surf and i used to see the mosh pits firsthand because ultimately when you're i would say when you're between the ages of like 15 and like 25 that is like the most reckless time in your life Mm -hmm. and you go to concerts and you do these things and that shit gets really scary like some people in mosh pits are there to cause trouble and to fucking wreck and and they get into a trance where they don't know that they're they're just being so destructive right they're just trying to have a good time but you've never had you've never been at one where the musician stops when it gets out I, of control. Oh, for sure. I absolutely. Have. Absolutely. At a death toll I was about to say, at a death toll. We, yeah, they stopped the, the show. One? Was it outdoor? Yeah. Uh, yes. At Zeta Fest? At Zeta Fest. Yes. And, and Veruca Saw played too. Veruca yeah. Saw. And, and after Stone to Temple calm Pirates. the crowd down, uh, I remember. they played a, a Weezer song. I remember. They're like, all right, we well, guys need to chill out because yes. somebody got knocked down and they saw that this girl almost got really hurt. And right. so they stopped the show. And they to chill out the crowd, they played a Weezer song. You, you see, and then they kept it going after that, right? You know? And the, I mean, look, and as a performer, I feel like you do get put into this entrancement, but you also contribute. Funny, we were both at that show. We were both at that show. <laughs> we were I, friends I, at the time. I actually, uh, did you see us there? <laughs> Well, the thing I was is, there we with have a husband. lot of ice. Probably saw our friends because yeah. we had a lot I was of there fr- with friends my connection. And, and I uh, crowd surfed during, during Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. Oh, Filter played that show too, and Veruca saw, and I was up in the front, yes, trying to get up, getting squished because it happens, Mm -hmm. especially when there's movement in one part. If you're like really, really close together, it's like a domino effect, and it could be, it's very scary. It is very scary, and I can't even imagine. 50,000 people packed in. Did you see? Like, they were like packed in. People were like squishing each other but that's why it's like how did it get that did they not know that fifty thousand people can't fit in there you know that's a lot that's also, also to do with the coordinators of the show it has it's i a, know that people broke in like some people right like, and he had apparently encouraged he had that too allegedly had encouraged people to break in and get, and get there no matter what whatever i don't know but i but it does have to be a concerted effort for it to be a safe event and the fact that it was open to younger crowd, like that is the most importance. That is your number one priority is the safety of these people. Because what else are you focused on? You know, and and and, and, the, and that's why I feel like, you know, I think cancel culture is kind of rough, but like. Oh, people are like cancel him. But like, I mean, like, I'm so sorry. Go to Spotify. The Kardashians the, don't just play this artist. Yes, just the Kardashians alone and the amount of toxicity that they contribute to American society to me is just a, a reason to to can to be canceled. Like, why, why, why is it? Why, why do we love watching rich people be rich? Like, really, why, <laughs> why? What is so? You know, and then they get so much privilege. It's just whatever. That whole thing is a tragedy, and I feel like people need to be checked. I think more people have died, and they haven't released all the numbers. And and, and 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 this is not the only time, and it won't be the last time. But I feel like God, 
But like, how much has that happened that in one night that many people die at a concert or at a show? I don't know what the stats are. I, I know, know that, that like what Woodstock '99 was bad. They had really bad planning, oh and God, there was bad yeah. things that happened and there's there. So and there was bad, the riots. There's so many nightmare festival stories of like different festivals. I've been not, to so many concerts and so many festivals, and yeah. I've never felt unsafe. completely unsafe. Completely I did feel. Insane claustrophobic right when i was up front for radiohead that one time and i put myself in that position because i decided to be at the very front of a crowd of eight thousand and then in five minutes you're like oh this is great we're done here yeah i have experienced what i needed to experience and i don't want to ever be back here again right yeah (laughs) it's hard because yeah you want to experience the artist but like and this is not new. And that happens back when we were going to Bonnaroo. When we were growing up, we go to concerts and you get stuck in a crowd like that. And yeah. you have to squeeze to get to the front or you yeah. have to like, the older we've gotten, the more we've been like, bro, personal space. I do not need to rub <laughs> under everybody's armpit sweat in this fucking I mean, crowd. I'm going back to Rue one day, but it's going to be VIP and I'm not going to be oh, in okay. the, uh, the general admission yeah. pit. She's going to come in on a fucking magic I'm carpet. i have a nice Doo-doo. little blue viewing area and be able to breathe because yeah that's just too much but that's the thing i've been in i can't imagine apparently like people were i've seen video footage on tiktok and people chanting stop the show stop the show stop the show and people getting up on the stage where there there was um cameramen yeah i saw i saw that yeah telling them stop the show i know the cameraman swatting them off and even like like trying trying to tell him that he would push him off, and allegedly, I, off. I saw a report that the, that they were notified to stop the show, and it took them like thirty five or forty five minutes after being told to stop the show to actually stop it. They, he just basically wanted to wrap up the show. Yeah, Did, yeah. Went up, went about their business, kept going. Anyway, Travis Scott's trash. <sighs> Fucking so disappointing. And, but it, and kids know him because of the whole Fortnite. Concert I know, he did. and I, that's my what son I overheard about. me like watching some of the stuff on tiktok he's like what happened at travis scott like he knows who travis scott is because they he did a concert right in Fortnite for Fortnite. so that's why there were so many young kids there yeah okay let's move on because that's just awful yeah fuck that guy and fuck that guy um we have a fun trip for pot smoking moms to a more positive note. Yeah, to a more positive note, we're <laughs> taking a trip to Disney, just the moms. Just the moms. February 11th through the 13th, we're still working out um, details, but please uh, DM us and let us know if you're interested in joining us. Yeah. Um, we could even just meet up there one of the days. So if even if you're just like, oh, I'm nearby, I'm a local, I'd like to maybe hang out with you guys at some point, you know, we might... Um, have other things scheduled other than just going to the parks. Or if you want to get away from your kids and you want to go to the park, we'll yeah. be there. February 11th through the 13th. Hit us up. Instagram lives on Wednesday nights. Usually they usually happen. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's life is a lot of life is a lot. Uh, but usually we go live after our show airs on Wednesdays. So please check out Instagram live 9 p.m. Eastern time. We know you're on there anyways. Just hang out and smoke with us. Just check it out if we're on there. If we're on there, jump on in and smoke one with us. Uh, But in the meantime, this is the moment you've been waiting for all week. The stoniest news. 
<laughs> Coming that's all I got. from Estonia's ladies. <laughs> yeah. So this is a story I uh, actually recently shared in our stories from High Times, and it's staying in kind of in theme with the whole Florida homegrown stuff we've had the last couple interviews. But do cannabis com- companies face consequences for opposing homegrown? Mm. So some cannabis companies are still openly opposing home grows whilst they end up on the wrong. Will they end up on the wrong side of history? Home grows are the grassroots of the cannabis reform movement. Therefore, with legalization, many advocates and patients believe it's essential for individuals to have a right to cultivate their own plants, especially in a regulated market. High Times dives into the pervasiveness of companies that oppose home grows and how it may be harmful to the whole community. Luke Zimmerman Esquire, an attorney and Oaksterdam University instructor, said home growing grants each person access to a unique relationship with cannabis, he added. If everyone has a right to grow a limited amount of cannabis, it will be the final nail in the coffin for shifting the outdated paradigm of cannabis being a gateway drug. Not widespread, but still concerning. Cannabis companies have on occasion gone on the record to oppose home cultivation laws in specific states. Conversations among some in the cannabis community reveal a degree of suspicion, believing that more leading names may not support home grow either. However, these beliefs are largely formed on intuition rather than hard evidence. Arguably, the most prominent on record opposition to home grow came from New York. In December 2019, Political reported that the lead up to then-Governor Andrew Cuomo's legalization plans being revealed, the New York Medical Cannabis Industry Association had written to him in hopes of keeping home cultivation out of the Empire State. At the time, the group members included Acreage New York, Columbia Care, Attain, MedMen, Pharmacan, The Botanist, and Vireo Health. In a chapter titled The Fallacy of Home Grow, the letter cited that despite high medical costs and freedom of choice via home grow, the group opposed a measure citing risks to public health and the ongoing unlicensed market. In 2021, New York passed its adult use bill with home growing allowed. They're like, fuck your letter. <laughs> so basically all these big names wrote a letter saying, hey, it's a, a risk to public health to allow home It's growing. so annoying. <laughs> But it's so annoying because, like, at the end of the day, if your shit is good and you have a good company, why you why why does this shit make you nervous? Um, Like, why are you so nervous that people are going to have their own? You know what I mean? And this is where it gets interesting because they come here to our home state in 2020. You make it legal. Florida legalization position included provisions that would prohibit Floridians from cultivating their plants. Make It Legal Florida's primary backers were Parallel and MedMen, pumping $8.2 million into the campaign beginning in August 2019. Parallel Sotera, by the way. Yeah. MedMen was one of the companies involved in the letter to New York leadership as well. As of this article submission, MedMen has not replied to uh, New Times with comment. In April of 2021, the Florida Supreme Court struck down the petition over language it deemed misleading. I mean, even the even the the actual petition itself, the name make it make it legal. Florida was very misleading because we had problems deciphering from that one from regulate back when we were first started the podcast. Right. Because we were like, oh, no, make it legal. We had make it legal. We had regulate and the Floridians for Freedom one that they're they're still doing that. Yeah. So which. Yes. It's it's so it's 
you know what? It's even more interesting that we've been now on board for a few years and we've been able to like see what, what's been, what's been, what's unfolded since then, you know? I know. It's crazy. Advocates and companies call for home grows. Advocates cite several reasons why they support home cultivation, depending on the advocate. The primary reason often is one or a mix of plan history, economic inequality, high legal costs, freedom of choice, distance to legal sources, and unjust laws. Alana Frankel is a self-employed media professional and is the author of Women and Weed. Frankel said citizens should have the right to choose if they want their cannabis from the dispensary, a pharmacy, or their backyard. Hell yeah. She likens cannabis growing to buying produce. She grows her own at home and still buys at the store. See? Home cultivation is just a form of cannabis activism. Rebellion of prohibition injustice, said Franco, calling it political gardening. <laughs> political gardening. <I> like <laughs> but it's true. Like, yeah, you may have your own vegetable garden, but you're still going to buy some veggies at the store. Maybe something that you're not growing in your garden that you right. still want. Or I'm, I'm saying if your shit's good, listen, if I can grow some stuff, great, but I'm still going to get some marshmallow OG from one plant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire is a Florida-based attorney specializing in cannabis agriculture and dietary supplements. Murray, who sits on various cannabis boards in the U.S. and Jamaica, said home cultivation should be legal for several critical reasons. She cited the indigenous history of the plant and the fact that it has been used across the world long before regulations took effect. She added that plant prohibition is not based on science, calling the rules arbitrary. Lastly, she said the individual needs of patients make home cultivation needed. Individuals have different plant chemistry needs for their chronic conditions, and individuals have different plant chemistry needs for their endocannabinoid system, stated Murray. She also believes that home cultivation empowers and leads people to make better choices about what they put into their bodies. 100%. And that goes back to what we talked about oh with Jody God, later. Oh, my God, yes. Where she, listen, that, and the funny thing is, is that, like, you don't know what you know until somebody else opens up your mind. That's why like perspective is fucking everything because you could, if you could see something from somebody else's eyes, you know, we were talking a lot about like, Oh, how great regulate Florida was. It lets you grow. How many plants? Nine per adult, nine, nine plants per household, but only six can be uh, flowering. Right. Which is like, why the fucking rules? Like, we're presenting to them what we think they should do, right? Isn't that the whole purpose? Like, we're saying, hey. Yeah, this is homegrown. This should be. Right. This is a law. This is how the law should be. It should allow us to do X, Y, Z. Why are we already putting ourselves in a disadvantage by saying we can only have X, Y, Z? They're already giving other reasons for us, for us to, for people to be in our business that don't need to be in our business. Why? When you go to the store to buy your fucking six pack of of beers, do they fucking count how many you're fucking taking? (laughs) You know, like it's like it just it just doesn't make any sense. Right. So when I don't know if you home brew, if there's if there's any rules on how much you're allowed to brew at your home. Or, but or whatever, if it has even to be if, behind a locked door or. Well, I think when, I think the laws and the rules come in when you start distributing it, then you have to meet a whole set of rules. Right. Right. But for a home, co- your own consumption, like you ingesting it. Yeah. You make you drink your own poison like you made that shit, you drink it, whatever. Right. But yeah, we started talking about. Freedom, what freedom really is. And anyways, no restrictions. Yeah, no restrictions. So anyways, back to this 
article, while there's concern that major cannabis players, be it on the record or otherwise, oppose homegrown, the industry is far from unified in its opposition. In 2019, Chris Crane, then president of multi-state operator MSO Forefront, stated he empathized with companies trying to make money. Still, he added that the opposition eventually boils down to companies looking to make the most revenue possible. Mary Ann Herstegy is CEO of Oregon's Alibi Cannabis. Good job. That was a good job. <laughs> a good job the investor and advisor said companies out west tend to support home cultivation. Yeah, I feel like out west they definitely tend to support. She told High Times that Oregon's strong do-it-yourself culture includes home cannabis cultivation, so much so that cannabis fits in the general aesthetic in her Portland community. I was at a backyard dinner party last night in Portland, and the neighbor had a very nice-looking cannabis plant that he was tending, Kurt Setji reported. (laughs) She added, not everyone has the time, interest, or capacity to grow plants, but having that as an option is very important. Super important. Yeah. Like, I can't grow. I know. Yeah. Me neither. I can't. But but I like to try, and I like my friends who can have that ability. And I like the freedom to have the opportunity to do that. Experiment and try, yeah. Right, but at the same time, like, going back to when I was saying perspective, one of our patrons, Terry, brought up Hey, this is not a good idea because in my circumstance, it's not this enough. is why it wouldn't benefit me. And once my eyes was were opened to her situation, then it was like, you know what? Yeah. Why was I even like, why? Why were we like, oh, yeah, we're good with the six plants? Because that to us, like t- that right, sounds like a lot of plants. We can grow shit. So to us, but we're I like, never oh, wow, thought great, about it do it in the sense that it's still a way to have a. Control over over it and still get people in trouble for it. Right. Which is what we want to get away from. Exactly. Because it's pointless. Proponents of cannabis community ethos may believe that big brands opposing home grow will face the consequences in the form of lost revenue or a damaged reputation. That, however, doesn't appear to be the case so far. Some brands like MedMen have struggled at times, including recent stock declines of over 6% during Q4 2021. Still, the company reported a 55% year-over-year increase, earning $42 million during the last quarter. Fucking greedy-ass bitches. Oh, my God. Others like Cresco Labs are considered a leading player in the U.S. marketplace. Cresco will announce its next quarterly report on November 11, 2021. Well, it just passed. So, yeah. So, even people that are openly opposing homegrown, it doesn't really seem to affect their bottom line. Like, nobody's like... Not enough boy people are, I guess, boycotting to for that to be affecting their business. They're still making bank. Yeah, they're still going <laughs> to make bank. And not everybody can grow. Not everybody can grow. Zimmerman believes a negative hit could come, but that will likely only be from informed consumers who have taken the time to understand the issue. He believes companies should embrace home growing so customers can understand the value of a store-bought Oh, pot. hell Yeah. Exactly. When they try their you own, get, that's why you, you, you see how much how, how how much hard work it is. So get then a you, good quality product. Exactly. I have grown for the past five seasons and while I have learned a lot about the plant, what I am reminded of each year is that skills to cultivate quality cannabis takes years to develop, especially if you're trying to cultivate for scales, Thank you. stated. Mm-hmm. While revenue doesn't seem to be affected by home grow opinions, reputation among loyal consumers 
is still a concern to some operators. Dan Gower, the owner of Buddy Gardner Advertising, advises his cannabis clients to to support home growing with most on board to distribute helpful information for home growers. I remind all my clients that this information is available anyway, so there is a little benefit to being on the wrong side of history because of a futile effort to protect your own profits. Yeah, bro. Sit it down. is history. Like it is public record. Like people are going to remember what side you were on. Yes. So yes, but it's only really, like he said, educated consumers because people are going to, Right. And that's ultimately that's our that's where we hopefully hopefully people like us. That's why we encourage more people to do what we do. So and we learn from our listeners we, too all the time. Yes, absolutely. Their- it's a community thing. It's it really is. It's like, yeah, we don't take our word for it. Absolutely look up, you know, and and do your own research, but like, yeah, Terry brought up, you know, this other people and we we just, uh, yeah, it's just a matter of putting the word out there and talking to people. Hopefully our people <clears throat> that want to get involved, they do. And it doesn't even have to do be all that. Contributing money or signing the petition. Or just talking about it to other people. But I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of hot tamale mamas out there who don't mind getting their elbows a little... Yeah, I don't know. I'm mixing up the things. They're get, they're getting like some elbow grease. Or yeah, yeah, curse? something like that. <laughs> but uh, there's people. Yeah, there's other moms out there who are w- wanting to get involved. And uh, Jody will tell us all about the wonderful ways later. And I think we're going to be going somewhere with this. <laughs> so m- maybe you could join us, too, for that. OK, and, co- and now. <laughs> some of you come around just for this. Uh, so a new uh, bill that uh, Jay Florida Senate fo- following up here. Do you get like alerts for these things? No, I've just been go searching on the working on the- hard. My God, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, <laughs> so uh, this is a new bill SB seven forty medical marijuana patient protection. It was filed uh, November second, twenty twenty one, by Republican Senator Jeff Brandes. Effective date upon upon becoming a law. So once they pass it, it would, I guess, immediately become law. Yes. So definitely support this. Medical Marijuana Patient Protection, citing this act as the Medical Marijuana Patient Protection Act, providing that a qualified patient's medical use of marijuana does not constitute the use of an illicit substance or otherwise disqualify such patient from medical treatment or other medically approved therapies, etc., yeah, so apparently there's been a lot of discrimination discrimination against patients, uh, cannabis patients in like hospitals and facilities like that. They can't use their medicine, or they won't be treated if they're using that as a medicine. Yeah, so, so this would make it so that that's not the case, which is important. Very. So this week we've got a really great opportunity to talk to Jody James. She is a chair for for Floridians for Freedom, and she's also the VP for Florida Can. And we also got to speak to Carolyn Rice Carpel. She's a treasurer for Floridians for Freedom. And what an enlightening conversation. Jody James, she's such a wealth of information. She's a respected speaker, a teacher, debater, strategic planner, thought leader, and mentor. She has over 20 years' experience in cannabis policy, and really talking to her, like you could tell. Yes, 
So uh, this was such an amazing conversation we had with both of these ladies. We hope you enjoy this interview. Uh, Florida Can and Floridians for Freedom. Uh, you guys are have your own petition out also for legalization and Homegirl is in the the petition. Can you tell us what are the main differences between your petition and the one that Regulate has out? Our petition is says that we have the right to consume, possess, and cultivate cannabis, period. We don't have any limits on plant numbers. We don't, it doesn't say anything in our petition that you have to keep it in a locked door, any of that. We've got the right to cannabis, period. And the only thing the state has anything to say about is for, uh, Jody, what is it, safety? Public safety. Public safety, Um, and, and that's it. It's 122 words. Hey, yeah, man, it's like, I mean, it should be that it. simple. It should be that simple. The be plant should be free. Be, yeah, 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 as free as us. Yeah, as why? Yeah. <laughs> so why are we making it complicated? So exactly. I don't want to get into the um, the weeds on what, and pun intended, on what Regulate Florida puts out there. But um, when Florida Cannabis Action Network went to try and discover how can, what is this, the fastest path to get cannabis in as many hands as possible? Because you have to realize the vision of the Cannabis Action Network going back over 20 years is to see that everyone has full access to this plant without fear. So I, I wanna say that again, because full access to this plant without fear, that's huge. I don't wanna fear losing my job. I don't wanna fear. I, I was listening to Chris um, Sunshine talk about when he was growing plants and he would break up with the girlfriend. Oh my <laughs> Lord, here comes the law. Well, my question is if I have six plants in a lock closet and today is the day that I'm doing cuttings and now I'm going to have 12 plants. And in the midst of making my cuttings, I have 12 plants in dirt. And in the midst of making my cuttings, the phone rings and I walk out and I answer the phone and my closet is left unlocked and my neighbor knocks on the door to get flour. And she sees my 12 plants in an unlocked closet or 25 plants. If my limit is 18, whatever. And she finds 25, does she call SWAT or does she call code enforcement? I need to know. Right. Because SWAT's taking my kids Mm -hmm. and code enforcement's giving me a fine. And if it's not a problem with my homeowners association, why are you in my business any town, take your cup of flour and go? Right. Yep. And that's the difference between 121 words that say you have an inalienable right to cultivate, possess, and use cannabis as an adult 21 and older, or something that gives us permission under limited circumstances. Like for people that don't normally grow, you know, they don't understand all that, you know, like they, they think six plants, eight plants, nine plants, whatever, seems like a lot already. But when you're a grower, it, it's, it's different because it's also there's also limitations of how many plants are allowed to be flowering while how many plants have to be in vegetation that's when it starts getting really complicated and you're not even sure if if you're meeting the rules to be considered legal what would be the point of like 
being so specific with it either. I don't understand why there's got to be so many specifics. To satisfy someone's perceived fear. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's you like good. That? You like that? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it really is that perceived fear. Uh, my experience with constitutional amendments has been that the more words you put in it, the more you give the opposition an opportunity to get in there and twist the knife, right? Amen. Yes. So because you you lose people. Now, I would say that if I have a constitutional right to cannabis, just like I have a constitutional right to bear arms, that doesn't mean that I can't voluntarily give up that right. I take a job with national security implications and they say you can't use cannabis. Now, I have a right to cannabis, but if I want that job, I may have to give up that right. Just like I may have to not carry a gun in certain places, even though we all agree that it's my right to carry a gun. But as long as I am still begging permission, you can have this plant if you have a card. You can have this plant if the doctor says so. You can have this plant if you keep it in a lockbox. And I'm patting my own little hand. You can't see it. Um, <laughs> if you can, I'm, a, I'm a pot smoking mom. You pat the little hand. Um, but so long as we're thinking about it that way, um, then we are willing to accept the little morsels that they give us. When in truth, we need to be able to move this plant into every aspect of our lives because it's here for our healing, it's here for our health, it's here for our well-being, mental stability, being moms. It's um, here for building our homes, it's here for creating our clothes, um, you know, it, it's here for um, nutrition for our body. So as long as they can make it something that is a privilege as opposed to a right, they can keep us sick and they can keep us dependent. So Floridians for Freedom wants to give you back your natural right. I'm sorry that we have to give it back to you. In Mexico, they have decided um, through the the, um, uh, Supreme Court, right after we introduced this in 2015, the Supreme Court of Mexico um, ruled that cannabis possession was an inalienable right. In Mexico, they had to have two Supreme Court rulings that came up the same way in order for it to become kind of like the law of the land. And if you check your history, you'll see that just recently, Mexico basically removed criminal penalties for cannabis. And that's why they're starting to realize that really, you have a functional endocannabinoid system. For a reason. Our body has it for a reason. (laughs) For a reason. We don't have a functional ibuprofen system in our body. (laughs) We're, we're literally built for this plant. Can can you tell us a little bit about where you guys are in the petition process? Are you on track to have um, it ready in time for the 2022 ballot? Are you guys aiming for 2024? You're not going to take that, are you, Carolyn? <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're not on track. We're on track to continue discussing this idea with people. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on track with finding someone who believes that this is about the people and not about the business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, right now, the cannabis businesses that are in existence in the state of Florida aren't interested in putting a lot of money behind it. And a constitutional amendment is really the most difficult and most expensive way to change the law. Mm -hmm. 
So what can people do to help? Uh, do you guys have, like, uh, volunteers? Uh, is there somewhere people can donate? Like, what can our listeners do to try to help the cause? Because we all, I'm sure, agree, yeah, we want home grow, And, of course, we would want it with complete freedom if we can. And, of course, these little grassroots organizations usually don't get the big backing of right. big corporations that are like, oh, we could give them home grow, but we'll limit it so they'll still come buy our stuff. And there's right. still a chance. There's still that fear, like you said. So what could what could uh, we do to help? Well, certainly get on uh, Florida Cannabis Action Network's mailing list. So um, there are three ways to change the law in the state of Florida. Um, one is through the courts. We can get uh, a perfect case and we go to court and we um, get a judge and a jury to agree that this law is wrong. It's called jury nullification. And when you begin to nullify laws, like we saw with medical marijuana in Florida, when you begin to nullify laws, lawmakers begin to change the laws. So Florida has medical necessity even before 2014 when we passed the first law. This was a great place to use marijuana and get caught because you had this great robust defense. Um, so the other way to change the law is through the Florida legislature. And um, I've listened to you women talking very knowledgeably about what is happening at the Florida legislature. And I'll put out there the Florida Cannabis Action Network is going to be hosting a lobby day. So where you can come to Tallahassee, our uh, experienced team will walk you through the Capitol, will make appointments um, for you so that you can meet with lawmakers and get um, and I call it an authentic lobbying experience, which Carolyn can attest to this, lost in the halls, um, stood up for meetings. Uh, <laughs> Carolyn's attended a couple of our lobby days. Did you want to talk a little bit about the lobby day, Carolyn? Your feet hurt. <laughs> you have to wear comfortable shoes. Um, it's really cool. You know, I've been, um, geez, I don't know how many I've been to, but I remember one in particular, my, he's not my representative. He's just North of me representative. He couldn't even meet with us. He had his legislative aide meet with us. And I understand they're pretty much the backbone. You know, they, they tell the representative everything. Um, and we met in the lobby of their office. And I just thought that's kind of weird, but knowing the representative, I got it. You know, I understood that he's he's not a, f a friend of ours, although, you know, I, I've helped him on things before back in the day. Um, but, yeah, it's really cool because the representatives get to see faces of people and faces of patients. Um, so, yeah. And then and then we had stuff set up on the rotunda and non-legislators were walking around talking to us. You know, we had one one year we had a group of pharmacy students that were doing their lobby day and they were all just amazed at the information that they were, that we were giving them about cannabis. You know, most of them didn't know they're not teaching it in pharmacy schools. Um, I think maybe they're starting to in medical schools, but this was a, a good way to get the word out about who, you know, what cannabis is, who cannabis is and um, what they can do to help. So, yeah, I like going up there. Haven't been able to the last year or so. Got grandbabies. So uh, 
unfortunately family is kind of taking a priority right now but uh you know we do what we can from home you know emails phone calls that kind of stuff and when's your next lobby day when is the next one year we'll be confirming january 24th i just got the date it is actually a monday we haven't done things in mondays in the past we usually do a tuesday or wednesday um, but we want to be there early on in the session, and this seemed like the best date for us. You know, when you talk about what can people do, um, they can participate in the political process every day. Um, they can support the petitions that are out there, Floridians for Freedom, the Regulate Florida. Our uh, position on the Regulate Florida is they are taking on a monstrous task. The idea that they are saying that they could be positioned for the 2022 ballot is just unfathomable. It's gonna require, yeah, it's gonna require um, an amazing coordinated effort like none's been ever been seen. But you have to realize that the legislature's made it harder and harder to pass constitutional amendments. And that's why it's so important that we continue, whether you're um, thing is working locally to maintain uh, good relationships, make sure that you can have dispensaries and make sure that your local groups, um, you know, we've got two counties in Florida that still entirely ban alcohol. They're dry. And as the discussion about cannabis takes place and we start to talk about what cannabis is going to look like for me, um, and for you as consumers, not businessmen in the field, but as consumers, those kind of regulations, some of that is going to happen right there at the local town hall. And depending on what we put in the Constitution, and this goes back to how do we, what do we really want to pass? And I recognize everybody wants to protect home growth, but what it looks like is critically important because once we put it in that in the constitution that you can have 18 plants, it's gonna be really hard to change that. Um, millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of hard to change that. So um, read, that's what your listeners can do. And you know, I've listened to your show. Dumb people don't listen to your show. They don't, you're smart women, you're funny. You got this all together and you're talking about really serious stuff. So the people that are listening to you, they need to get on board um, with Cannabis Action Network because they're in the right place. We actually, you're probably a little before your time, but um, high times and normal and normal, the face of normal has changed considerably. Um, but 25 years ago, um, normal was really lawyers in DC. That's what it was. And, and it was rich white lawyers in DC and they were men. Uh, and they had pushed all of the activists out and a group of women founded Cannabis Action Network. And so one of the High Times uh, writers that kind of uh, exposed Cannabis Action Network and the women of Cannabis Action Network was in Florida this week. And we got to introduce him to more of the women of Florida Cannabis Action Network. So I think you people, were, uh, you, you two were just born for this. Uh, yeah. it, was it was very exciting listening and uh, meeting some people who are already fans, because this is really important. And, you know, I don't want to see laws put in place or regulations promulgated that 
have you guys worried that your neighbor's going to call the Department of Children and Family Services? Right. Right. Because that crap happens. Yeah. Um, I don't want to have to choose between sending my child to school with Ritalin or sending my child to school with cannabis because one is okay and one's not. So Floridians for Freedom, by taking back the assumption that this is our right, a right to have it, possess it, cultivate it, then we can start to talk about and argue, well, what does public safety mean? Is 10 plants in my backyard a threat to public safety? Probably not if you have enough big, big enough backyard. Is 45 plants a threat in your high-rise, high-density condominium? Maybe. <laughs> and, and, but all those rules make a difference, you know? And who enforces them? Yeah. Exactly. That's where we came to. And Carolyn, you can talk about a little bit more about, you know, how enforcement affects families. Yep. Absolutely. We've heard lots of moms talk about their issues with, um, what is it? CPS. CPS, yeah. And, and them being reported either um, because they gave birth and somehow they, they had it in their system or somebody just reported them for whatever reason. And it, it's a struggle to think that you could lose your child over a medicine that helps you. Absolutely. And, and you know, uh, thank you that we have been using since before we recorded time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Seriously. And, and I will tell you, you know, Florida Cannabis Action Network is in Tallahassee day in and day out. We're in the middle of raising our money and it's really hard to take money from the dispensaries. And that's where the money's at. We all know that. But if we take money from them, how do we hold them accountable? And we have to hold them accountable. They have to be putting out products that are pure, precise, and predictable, particularly their formulations. They have to be putting out formulations that are working for patients, and it has to always be on the shelf. Because if you've got a pediatric patient, I have zero tolerance for them taking products off the shelf because it's not profitable enough for them. Zero tolerance. No. Because that's not what they were mandated to do. They were mandated to make medicine for my little darlings. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, the leisure market needs to have access to cannabis because I shouldn't have to be diagnosed with something to be able to use this plant that took the edge off like a glass of wine would for somebody else. And, and I've heard that from you guys, and I just love that. We got to keep saying that. I'm allergic to wine. I don't like it. The only it. wine you get around here is what I do to my husband. <laughs> wine, bitch, wine. <laughs> and I don't, I don't like to drink. So. I don't like to drink either. Yeah. And I don't like right. to compare it to drinking. Either. I, but I don't need, yeah, I don't think one, we talk about how for it's some people not it's like the same. For, for some people it's like that, you know, but like, and sometimes I use it like that too as well, recreationally when I consume a little more, it's, you know, we're having a good time. But I use cannabis on a regular day-to-day basis to help with my anxiety and PTSD. So I, I, I don't like it to compare it too much to alcohol. While it, it's okay for people to use it like that, right. but it is also a medicine. It is both. It, it is both. But so 
I'm diagnosed with PTSD. PTSD is a summation of symptoms um, that result from trauma, right? Anxiety is one of those symptoms that's going to be there on the PTSD scale. So I want to be well. I don't want to have PTSD forever. You don't have to have PTSD forever. I am in a place in my life and now that I'm, you know, my children are out of the home and my husband is pretty secure and is, I don't have the same anxiety I had in my thirties. I'm postmenopausal. I don't have, but I don't want to stop using cannabis, <laughs> but I don't have the same, you know, do I want to always have PTSD so that I can get cannabis? Hell no, no, I want to have a right to it. Um, I want to have it in, in multiple preparation. Why do I have to recertify every year to a doctor that I have PTSD? <laughs> right. And that's the permissions thing, because you've got right now, the way it was written is you have to have permission. Mm-hmm. And, and permission is different than an inalienable right. Uh, when we wrote the ballot initiative, we came from a place that the Constitution is to protect people. And I recognize that there've been many constitutional Supreme Court decisions that expanded these rights to businesses. But really when I think about it, I think about it as a right for people. And and that's what Floridians does. Floridians for Freedom does. It it doesn't deal with corporations. Right now, the um, uh, MMTCs are very concerned that if the petition didn't have note 1A, uh, that it leaves note 1A intact or some nonsense that their program would not be secure. We have 600,000 people um, who have gotten cards. And I think that the program that we are invested in is not good. It's just not good. It's not made for patients. It's too expensive for people. For to one thing, it's absolutely too expensive. Um, And because companies can't put products across state lines, um, they may have a product that's really good in one jurisdiction, but it's not available to me here because it hasn't been approved by our Department of Health. Uh, But it's been approved in New Mexico. And because the program requires vertical integration, somebody who would make a formulation that is excellent, that works for a thousand people might very well be glad to be a small business person making a thousand of these every month for the rest of their lives and feel very good about that and make a nice little living for themselves and maybe even their family and help a thousand people a month. But it's not profitable for the MMTC to create a product that only a thousand people makes. They'll divide mind space someplace else. And, you know, and they're just not, and it's not just helping the thousand people. It's helping those thousand people plus their family, plus their neighbors. You know, they're not, they may not have to physically partake of the medicine, but it helps everybody. Because I'm you a know? better neighbor. Absolutely. <laughs> Makes me a better person. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, if my child is sick and is getting this really good cannabis, I'm, I'm okay. And then I can deal with the knucklehead next door, you know, that thinks I'm a, I'm a pothead and because my child takes cannabis. So it helps everybody. 
right medicine, you might be feeling better and you might go out and mow the lawn. Yeah. So now, you, but go sorry, ahead. No, I was going to, I was going to ask another question, but I want you to complete your thought. You're here. You're well, something. it might lead into your question. Well, um, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. How we write the rules, the laws that we pass are all going to directly impact who gets to partake of the medicine. That's why we need to be so careful. And the folks that are listening, your amazingly intelligent and witty audience, they have to be <laughs> like birds of a feather. Uh, they, they should absolutely follow what Florida Cannabis Action Network is doing. And, you know, there is a philanthropist out there that agrees with what we're saying. And the difference between Floridians for Freedom being postured to go to the 2022 ballot or the 2024 ballot is a million dollars or 14. Somebody dropped $14 million, walked up and said, I want to be chairman of Floridians for Freedom. Here is my check for $14 million, but I'm going to say how it's spent. Um, I would immediately step down um, and advise that person on how to spend his 14 or her $14 million. I tell people I'm only in this position because Whoopi Goldberg hasn't tagged me out yet. So if she's listening... <laughs> right but you know there are some amazing dynamic women out there who could raise the money that we need and and that's one of the things that you know say what you will about chris sunshine that sob put his money where his mouth was and he has been out there creating the kind of buzz entendre intended <laughs> uh, that would ensure that people wanted to talk about what he's doing if the medical marijuana treatment centers who have a reach of 600,000 plus people would say sign this to both regulate Florida's and Floridian for Freedom's petitions, we would both be at Supreme Court review in less than 45 days. And I feel confident that Floridians for Freedom can pass Supreme Court review. There is nothing in Floridians for Freedom's initiative that will give them pause. And, and we were very careful about this. Um, the Supreme Court has a couple roles in looking at these petitions. Um, one of the role is to determine whether or not we're misleading, right? Well, the initiative is 121 words and you get a 75 word summary. You know, we didn't leave much out. We're not misleading. The other thing that the Supreme Court now looks at, and, and it's questionable because of when we entered our petition, it is questionable whether or not they would look at this because they've changed the rules a lot in the last five years. And nobody's quite sure which of those rules apply to us. So we just keep plugging along. And as long as we don't withdraw the petition, we're still can argue that we're under 2015 rules, which means we only need 10% um, to get to Supreme Court review, which means that there's fees that they can't charge us. It means that the Supreme Court looks at the petition differently. But, you know, these are all nuances, right? Things to be considered. Um, but we are confident 
that we can make Supreme Court review, even if it comes to them reviewing whether or not we conflict with the federal constitution, because we don't. We're clearly 10th Amendment, anything that the federal constitution doesn't deal with, that's the right of the states, we're there. We talk about it not immunizing you under federal law. We do not protect the existing medical marijuana program. And that's gonna make it tough for us to get the 600,000 people that are touched by the medical marijuana industry um, to get behind this. Now, if we can get your CBD store, if we can get you know American Shaman, some of these retail CBD outlets that are, you know, there's a, there's a possibility. But really this is um, for us, uh, it is a, a burden that we have carried for more than a minute and um, it was uh, not COVID related, but during COVID that we lost one of our key people. And I think that we are um, certainly still reeling from um, the loss of Colby Weiss, who had been a, a hero standing up and uh, really getting out there with the FFF banner. So sign our petition. If you're serious about freedom, uh, reach out. Say you'd like to get on the Floridians for Freedom team. We are not so big that we can't um, take new lifeblood. Uh, if you're wanting to get in um, and get your feet wet, you can become a member of uh, Florida Cannabis Action Network, flcan.org, and that's where you you know click here to become a member. Um, Floridians for Freedom uh, has its own board of directors. It meets separately. It has all of its own funding. It's a political action committee. And so that's what's required to, to run a political action committee. But really, when you join Florida Cannabis Action Network, um, you're getting involved in all three of the ways to change the law. You're knowledgeable about what's happening with the petition. Um, you find out what's happening through the courts and you learn ways to protect yourself as a cannabis consumer, whether you're a patient or a recreational leisure consumer. Um, and you also can get involved legislatively. So we are run by committees. We meet via Zoom. Zoom, everybody's on Zoom now that COVID happened and we were before COVID. You've obviously been doing activism for a long time and um, are very passionate about what you do. How did you get into cannabis activism? What, what led you here? Carolyn, you want to take it first? Sure. Um, an arrest of a loved one got me into activism. My beau, my, I, you know, when you're over 50, it's really weird saying boyfriend. <laughs> my life partner. Um, he had been diagnosed with COPD and emphysema. He knew that cannabis could help him. So he researched and he studied and learned and well he had been allegedly growing for a while he figured out what was going to help him he was breeding he was growing he was feeling good his emphysema and cop was not getting worse we were he was growing it in our house somebody dropped a dime on local law enforcement and they they came in and busted the door down nobody was home thank goodness um, tore the house up, tore up equipment, um, 
scared my dog, scared the dogs. Eventually one of them passed away because of it. Um, so then we're looking for a lawyer. We find, you know, a lawyer. And then the weekend, two weeks after this happened, there was a hemp fest up in Melbourne and we're like, let's go. And we met the lawyer and then I don't think we met Jody that day. We may have, but, and the rest is history. So yeah, and we learned a lot um, and uh, all charges were dropped because law enforcement um, violated our fourth amendment right. And um, yeah, that's that. So, um, and so, Joey, Interesting, Joey, Joey sometimes, sometimes out of pain comes like the, the biggest life, you know, changes or, you know, creatively. I mean, we always talk about creatively speaking, like from tragedy can come like such just inspiration or whatever it is, strength. you know, anything you strength and, fight harder. you know, yeah. And local law enforcement knows who we are. You know, they may not know our names, but they recognize our faces. You know, we were at a city council meeting one time and the former chief of police said, oh, are you here to talk about the pot? We're like, yeah. Now that's <laughs> you know? the weed activist there. So, you know, she knew who we were. The city attorney, we had meetings with the city attorney and because um, he was doing something stupid and we met with him and told him, you're doing that. This is stupid what you're doing. So he didn't do that. And now we're allowed to have dispensaries in our little town when the county of Indian River County has banned dispensaries and unincorporated and the city of Vero Beach has banned them. So Sebastian is the only place in Indian River County that allows dispensaries. Yeah, man, there's places so, that are like, it's not even fully legal. And there's places that are like, nope, never, ever. Hylia doesn't have dispensaries yeah. where I live. I have to go city next over and that's you know, all people, about working locally yeah, yeah people people in town know who we are i mean they may not know our name but they know hey you're the pop people no the work. oh my god yes well, i would love to learn more about what i could do to get highly to change their rules on that <laughs> exactly well and that's what we do with florida cannabis action network um our current president um Maria, uh, Maria Hurley. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Maria Hurley. She was watching counties ban dispensaries and went looking to where she could get involved and who could help her to learn how to work locally. And she found Florida Cannabis Action Network. Carolyn went to an event that happened to be in Melbourne, which uh, it was an anniversary. It had been one of our anniversary events here in Melbourne where we had beaten uh, back law enforcement and had created um, literally First Amendment protections that cover all of Alabama, Florida, and Georgia. So we did an anniversary event a decade or so ago. We're coming up on another anniversary. Uh, and, and that's been really exciting to have watched over the last 25 years um, how Cannabis Action Network has been able to be their different people um, finding their way, taking the amazing skills that they have, um, investing it in the organization, helping to move policy a little bit. And then, you know, they go off and do the next amazing thing um, full time while they, you know, hold the banner up for the next person. 
I don't remember a time I didn't do cannabis. So you were kind of talking about out of pain. So I tell people my life um, has been very interesting. Uh, for the longest time, uh, I carried around a book, uh, Alice in Wonderland. And I'm this avid reader, but you know, I could not get through this book to save my life. And I had had a psychedelic experience when I was like 16, 17 years old. Um, and I tripped on Alice in Wonderland. So I kept trying to read this book, right, for decades. And I just could never put it together. I couldn't get through it. And I can read a book in a day. When I finally got to sit down and I watched, I don't know, maybe the Whoopi Goldberg version of Alice in Wonderland. Um, <laughs> I, I saw it from the beginning to end, and I thought, wow, that's been my life story. Um, these amazing ups and downs and these horrifying experiences and these beautiful experiences um, for the purpose, for Alice's purpose, is so that Alice can sing the perfect song. That was what that whole movie was about. Um, the the adventure with the queen, the jack of hearts, off with their heads. And if, if you were around in the 90s, that was all I said. <laughs> <laughs> People were just pissing me off in the 90s, off with their heads. Yeah, um, because this is a ridiculous policy. And I was doing this in the 90s and they were stealing kids, off with their heads. Um, you know, but at the end, you found out that all of those things were so that Alice could do what Alice needed to do. And so I was really enriched as I was moving um, through uh, baking with hemp and being a, a pot smoking mom uh, to learning to be an advocate and then taking my business skills and my business acumen and um, learning what I needed to to keep our organization afloat and then being positioned perfectly so that someone would train me on how to do flipping precinct development so that I know exactly how to look at a precinct and tell you which precincts we should be working in because you know all things happen locally and then to be trained by some of um, the most incredible names I was you know adopted by LV Masika uh, who you know called my childhood godson and you know Jack Herrer stayed in the bedroom and you know, we just um, really had amazing relationships with some of these, in my mind, icons who trained me up. And so I, I said one time, this is an interesting aside, that I was going to write a book about pot smoking and how to smoke pot or something. And the guy was like, how dare you tell people how you can smoke pot? Um, because he really believed that everybody should be free to use it any way they wanted to. I mean, imagine that. So I say to my, my mentor, the woman who truly trained me up in this, I said to her, I said, well, if the purpose of this is to, you know, become elevated and, and, and you know, to, to, you know, reach out and, and become enlightened, um, will there come a point where I don't need to use cannabis anymore? And she looked at me and she said, will you ever be so holy that you don't have to pray? So I think I'm always going to use cannabis. And while, you know, my early time, the time born out of pain was all about that Alice in Wonderland experience so that I would have the, the opportunity to, to be able to articulate in some very amazing places. In 2011, 
Uh, Florida Cannabis Action Network sent me to Tallahassee to learn how to do that. And then it was more like Wizard of Oz. I went to Tallahassee and I worked with the man with no brain, the man with no heart, and the man with no courage. Um, But those are not the people you are touching. You are touching people with brains and courage and heart. And they should join Florida Cannabis Action Network. They should keep following you. Um, And you should come hang out with us uh, on January 24th on our lobby day in Tallahassee. And I missed the date of the Disney. You women are going to Disney. Did I hear there's a Disney? It's February 11th. February 11th through the 13th, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, We are going to be in Orlando. And we're going to Disney. (laughs) So I I love that. I'm a Disney mom. Um, You know, I mentioned Disney and Alice in Wonderland and the whole thing. But, you know, I'm really concerned about their stance on cannabis. Yes, it is concerning. I mean, they charged an old woman with having a A CBD CBD pen. Right. And arrest, right. had her arrested in front of her grandchildren. Yeah, that's a little. That is right. awful. It's awful. Zero tolerance for it. So I'm really like thinking about a, you know, um, Walt get off the pot campaign. Yeah. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, little memes. Uh, you know, I, I think we can really do something with the whole idea. Uh, yesterday we were at uh, Cannell Ladies uh, Hemp Farm in um, Fort uh, St. Louis, Port St. Lucie. So St. Lucie County. And, um, we took some Mickey mouse hands. So I got these Mickey mouse hands all over the pot. I figure if I can't take pot to Disney, I'll take Disney to pot. <laughs> so, um, but, but I, I've been thinking, you know, we need to do a, uh, maybe we'll launch a letter writing campaign or something. Oh, that would because, be you know, yeah, Orlando is home to the make a wish foundation. So Make-A-Wish Foundation raises money and brings kids in from all over the world who um, have terminal illnesses. And um, sometimes their wish is to come to Disney. Sometimes their wish is to ride an elephant. And, you know, they kind of make these wish come true. We have um, Make-A-Wish Village in Orlando, and um, I, I know this because it's been more than a decade ago since I was called by a doctor in Israel that said, I've got a patient that's coming to Florida and mom will not put the family on the plane if she doesn't have a guarantee that someone is going to bring their child medicine. Okay. So um, now I feel confident uh, this might have been more than 15 years ago. And, and I feel confident that if there was one mom from Israel 15 years ago who did not want to come to Disney unless they knew their child was going to have medicine, that she was not alone. Mm-hmm. And, and now Disney is really forcing parents and the state of Florida by not allowing reciprocity, which your listeners are familiar with because you guys talked about it some last week, um, by not allowing reciprocity in Florida, um, these moms um, have to make a choice. So, or they can be criminals. I mean, there's always that option, right? We break the law. 
we just do it and we break the law, which is how, um, you know, someone like me became a pot smoking mom long before it was, you know, a thing. <laughs> civil disobedience, right? But with Floridians for freedom, if we have a constitutional right as an, and as, as an adult to possess it, use it and cultivate it, then that's something we can fall back on when they say pregnant women can't use THC. You can say, well, wait a minute, I'm maybe pregnant, but I'm still an adult. Right now, when they made the rule that said pregnant women couldn't use THC products, Cannabis Action Network was the only organization in the state speaking against that amendment. We were the only ones. Um, and we had all the facts. We had great research. We were able to tell them about Melanie Dreyer's research about children who had cannabis in, in the womb and in their mother's milk thrive and had better birth weights and better outcomes. And it was a longevity study, but they don't want to hear about that. We could bring Melanie Dreyer in. She is accessible to Cannabis Action Network because we're a network that works nationally and has for more than 30 years, um, which is one of the advantages to being involved with an organization like Florida Cannabis Section Network. But if we're the only ones saying it, and, and certainly the, the MMTCs aren't gonna say it, they just wanna keep um, in the good graces of lawmakers so that they can keep selling marijuana. And, and we have some amazing doctors who are practicing cannabis medicine in the state of Florida. And we also have a lot of people who are making a lot of money giving recommendations. And those are not the same group of people, but neither one of them is going to come out and say pregnant women should have THC because THC is better for them than their other anxiety medicine or better for them than their seizure medicine or better for them in their Crohn's medicine or better for them than their you know, all things relevant. And that was our interview with Jody and Carolyn. And you can go to www.floridacan. Okay, so it's www.flcan.org uh, or www.floridiansforfreedom.org. And on Instagram, you can find them at flcan. Florida Can. And that was wonderful. Like, we're definitely, you're definitely going to get more I want to go to Lobby Day. Yes, Lobby Day. Lobby Day is happening. Lobby Day is sure. happening. And if you're interested in joining us, let us know. We would love to um, have you be a part of this too. Yes. Together, make the changes here we need in Florida. Really free the plant. For real. Like, for reals. Like 172 words or less kind of <laughs> shit. That's what she said, right? 172 words? I don't remember that. I was number. like, girl, you put that shit in a sentence, okay? And I'm there. <laughs> Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to our show. We appreciate you guys so much. Uh, our sponsors, you guys are the bomb.com. Yanni, Destiny, Lauren, Jesse, Christy, April, Shelby, Denise, Liza, Natalie, Meredith, Terry, and we got a new Canadian patron. Super excited, you Our guys. First Canadian patron. Just because she is so nice, Angelina. 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 Oh, it's a
It's a good one. It gets even better. Angelina, we appreciate you. Thank you for joining the circle. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you and your contributions, all of you guys. Hey, and thanks so much for listening. Thanks for subscribing, rating, and reviewing our show. Share it. Share all of our content. Potsmokingmoms.com. That's the website you want to go to. Thank you guys for joining us. Bye.